this is WTM. Watch this movie. What? <laughs> How you doing? Oh, good for you. Oh, wait. I ain't drinking up. First, you gotta do the Trump shuffle. Obviously, you're not a golfer. Watch a few movies, take a few notes. W-G-M. Watch this movie. Are you ready to rock and or roll? Well, sure, I guess. <laughs> well, sure. <laughs> this is WTM. Watch this movie. And I am Eric Mulder. You're sorry. Check my shorts for Christ's sake. <laughs> Joining me as always is Brett, Mr. Positivity. Check on the boss! Yep. Any closer to a new clip? Maybe. I don't know. Not really. No. Yeah, that'll happen. Today we are continuing our Summer of Sam. We are in the last month and we are to the A of the Sam. Arnold. It's almost over. I know. Can you believe it? I have a single tear streaming down my cheek. <laughs> yeah, we are doing a breakdown of Total Recall today. Should be called Total Mindfuck. It's not Arnold's best movie, but it's probably the easiest one to break down. Or like a movie that's like needs to be broken down. It's got the most substance to it. Yes. I would agree. Terminator 2 might be his best movie. I was just mansplaining for you. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't necessarily my opinion, but I was trying to uh, say what you were saying in a much easier way mm -hmm. to understand. And I am a man, so <laughs> therefore... Wouldn't you agree that I it mean, has more substance than any of his other films? I don't know. There's. Uh, I don't know if I've seen all of his other films... But uh, it's definitely one to, of though? the it's definitely one of the more complex ones he's done. Yeah, I wouldn't say his performance adds to the quality of the film, but he's okay in here. Oh yeah, yeah, he's he's, he's fine. He's better than adequate. Mm -hmm. That's all you can ask for. Yep, is for Arnold to be better than adequate. And we got Paul Verhoeven directing. So, you know, it's going to be one of those films that's bloody as fuck and also a social commentary. <laughs> He's, uh, he doesn't like authority too much, I don't think. Government likes revolution. I don't think he likes corporations. That too. I was trying to think of in terms of uh, Starship Troopers. I guess the government kind of acts like... I haven't seen that movie in a while, but the government kind of acts like a corporation, I guess. It's probably been... Well over 10 years since I've seen that. That one seemed like it was a little more geared towards government, but... I don't remember anything about it except for the co-ed showers. <laughs> <laughs> there weren't any uh, spots to have a co-ed shower in this movie, though. There really weren't. It uh, kind of disappoints me, because that's his shit. Paul Verhoeven... Loves to have co-ed locker room shower scenes. And he's sitting on a gold mine here because he could have had mutants in there. Right? He sure showed that three-tittied lady a lot. Sure did. She's just whipping him out in the fucking public. <laughs> it's Venusville. <laughs> it's accepted there. It's the last resort. 
it's a last resort. Uh, all right, let's get to the details here. But you know what? I was going to bring something up. We uh, When we had to re-record First Blood, yeah, we didn't rethink all the people that we thanked on that episode when we originally recorded it. it so was, let's do it. it. Let's give a couple shout-outs. It was dated by that point. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think of it. So a continuing thanks to Movie Drone, our brethren from across the pond. Do you want to announce what new merch we have coming, maybe? Or should we save that for later? Well, I think we could talk about it, because it's less than two weeks away. Yeah. And uh, we had a, a line on a episode a couple weeks back, probably about a month ago, which took off. <laughs> Spread like wildfire. Started its own hashtag. Across the UK. Turning into a real mark. And so uh, I thought, you know, that's pretty popular. We better get some merch out with that turning into a real mark phrase on it. So uh, September 1st, that will be one of the new designs available on teespring.com slash tour slash WTM watch this movie. And it is movie drone approved. So, yes, Steve loves it and Mark's going to love it. (laughs) 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 <laughs> He's going to see his face everywhere. <laughs> that face you have on there is so accurate. I know. I can just picture Mark right now. It's it's uh, photorealistic, <laughs> hand-drawn. <laughs> <laughs> so keep an eye out for that. We'll also have uh, two other designs on that day. Uh, one of them will be specifically in celebration of our horror extravaganza. Yes. Which will be coming up after the Summer of Sam. September and October, exclusively horror films yeah. are discussed. And so we'll have a brand new design available on the on the uh, WTM store to celebrate that. Uh, we do have recently seen episodes with films that are not necessarily horror related, but... When we focus on a certain movie, it's a horror movie. Yeah, all the all the main uh, episodes that are movie centric, or you know, singular or movie centered. Oh, who are you? I just said that. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, continuing thanks to them, they've been really nice to us, giving us a lot of shout outs. Yeah, helping our listenership expand in the UK. That is the. I guess the country with the second most downloads for our show is the UK. So. Yeah. I got to think we're probably, uh, we've got to be moving up the the rankings in Ghana just, you know, by association. You would think. To one of the, the <laughs> hottest podcasts in the whole country of Ghana. But I have not seen charting for Ghana. Hmm. I see Nigeria charting. Ooh. I see Croatia charting. Croy- much farther away, and even much farther away is Cambodia <laughs> starting. Actually, we have been uh, getting a lot of hits on the website from China over the past week or two. I don't know what it is, but a lot of the, a lot hmm. of hits coming from China, mostly the same cities but different addresses. Interesting. Yeah, I don't see a whole lot of download activity. So, but I mean, China's kind of its own thing. I don't even know if we're available through you know for download on Apple Podcasts over there. We're Probably too subversive. <laughs> yeah. 
They probably heard us talk about the female Ghostbusters reboot, and we're like, can't have that. <laughs> we're like, no, 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 we didn't like it. <laughs> you know, they don't. They don't allow baby girls in China. <laughs> Remember that story about uh, the Ghostbusters reboot wasn't allowed in China. No, I don't the, remember that. The ghosts and whatnot. Oh, okay. I, maybe I did hear about that. So if they would have listened to us shit on it, maybe they would have <laughs> let, <What>? us, <laughs> let us in. Yeah. We, we, we agree with your decision to not, <laughs> <laughs> to not subject your populace to that movie. Yeah. So uh, thanks, Steve and Mark. Uh, check out movie drone they just had a great episode on Hobbs and shaw which you talked about but they talk about a lot more in depth so give that a listen yep and then uh we got a shout out on a podcast that's been a favorite of mine for four or five years it's called the midnight movie cowboys hosted by john stew and hunter uh, stew's an australian hunter's from texas or lives in texas and John lives in Colorado. So it's an international podcast. I wonder how they do it over Skype. Probably. There's some episodes where they're like, eh, having some connection problems. But <laughs> it's got to be tough doing an international podcast. But uh, yeah, I love that show. Um, I find out more about behind the scenes stuff in movies and actors and directors and insight than I do pretty much any other podcast. Uh, they have some pretty great stories there kind of like how you're you have a you have a rain rain man like knowledge <laughs> of wrestling i give out any year any event you could tell me who participated who won that type of thing well john on their show has a similar i'm sure he'll be flattered <laughs> he has a similar <laughs> knowledge compliments. of like movies and actors and directors he has so many crazy stories, like uh, behind-the-scenes stuff and insight. They're mm. very interesting. Uh, and he just pulls them out of the blue. It seems like he's researched every topic they discuss, but I don't think he researches. I think he just knows all this stuff. Yeah. But, yeah. They also focus on some more uh, niche-type films. Yeah. So if you're sick of the mainstream stuff or if you are into more niche stuff, uh, give that a look-see. They're big into martial arts films, westerns, older films, obscure documentaries. They kind of have it all. Mm-hmm. They've talked about some mainstream films, but they kind of stick to more obscure fare. So, yeah, give them a listen. And then I uh, just want to mention a few podcasts that gave me a shout out uh, on recent episodes. Did they give Mr. Positivity a shout out or WTM? Uh, Mr. Positivity. Ooh. Although, uh, why don't you shout him out on Twitter? <laughs> cinematically correct, I, I believe also mentioned uh, WTM. So uh, they had yeah, nice things to too. say about me a couple weeks ago. I don't know if they'll still have nice things to say about me after <laughs> uh, I I told them uh, my opinion on the movie they're doing this week, which was uh, Brian Banks, <laughs> <laughs> which. Uh, I didn't think it was a very good movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
But uh, I encourage you to check out their episode to see what their opinion is on it. The Twitter uh, back and forth is pretty funny. Ho- hopefully, hopefully they didn't say too many mean things about me. Uh, we're recording this before their episode came out, or or before I got a chance to listen to it at least. So I, I still encourage everybody to check out their their podcast. Um, also got a nice shout out on uh, the podcast hashtag questions for uh, having a little twitter interaction with them based on something that they had saw in their uh one of their recent episodes so uh that's a good podcast uh and then uh hyperbole which <laughs> do you say that correctly hyperbole i don't know it's hyper broly h-y-p-e-r dude bro <laughs> b-r-o-l-e uh Greg th- Sestero on that podcast no no, it's it's two brothers. It's mostly uh, puns and poop jokes. <laughs> so, right up your alley. <laughs> if you like, if you like wordplay and 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 jokes about bodily functions, uh, they're also a uh, kind of a phony baloney advice podcast. So I see. Uh, they make me laugh really hard. So it's. Uh, it's nice that they gave me a little love on their on their show. So, all right, ready to get into Total Recall? Yeah or nay? <laughs> sure. I, I didn't know. I thought that was rhetorical. <laughs> <laughs> all right, came out in 1990. Directed by Paul Verhoeven. Written by. Let's see. We got quite a few here. It's based off of a Philip K. Dick short story. From the book, motherfucker, from the book. It was called We Can Remember It For You Wholesale. So, but you have some other credits here. Ronald Shusset as screen story. Dan O'Bannon as screen story. John Pavel as screen story. <laughs> Ronald Shusset as screenplay. Dan O'Bannon as screenplay. And Gary Goldman for screenplay. Gold. Gary Goldman. Is he related to Ron? <laughs> Too soon? <laughs> I joke, I joke, I joke. Why you not know joke when you hear joke? <laughs> All right. Uh, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger as Quaid. Douglas Quaid, that is. Sharon Stone as Lori. He's the long-lost Quaid brother. <laughs> yeah. You My, thought Randy was crazy. This guy went to Mars. In the source material, the name is Quail. Okay. Q-U-A-I-L. Doug, uh, Qu- Doug Quail? Yeah, Douglas Quail. Hmm. Michael Ironside is Richter. He's always a good villain. I swear I thought his name was Victor for about 10 years because of Arnold's <laughs> accent. See you at the party, Victor. What was his name on there? Richter. Richter, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, I got that. Not from Arnold, maybe from other, probably from uh, <laughs> Ronnie Cox. Probably from Cohagen. <laughs> uh, Rachel uh, Tocotten, Tocotten, you know her from Con Air. She's the female guard on the plane. She's the one that Johnny 23 tries to turn into Johnny 24. <laughs> I don't remember the last time I watched Con Air And I probably saw it on TNT It's Johnny 23, isn't it? 
I don't know. I've only seen it on TNT for sure. It's one of the few movies where I turned it on kind of towards the beginning and then uh, I just watched the rest of it. Yeah, it's Johnny 23. You remember why they called him Johnny 23? Was that Malkovich or was that? No, that was Danny Trejo. That was Danny Trejo? He had 23 rose tattoos on his arm. Oh, no. One for each lady he raped. Uh. <laughs> he tried to turn her into uh, 24. Nicholas Cage says, I can't have that. <laughs> Steps in, saves the day. Why has he got long hair in that movie? Because <laughs> he's been in jail for like seven years. <laughs> they have barbers in jail. Is it like you're afraid they're going to slice his throat like at the end of Natural Born Killers? <laughs> or the beginning of First Blood? <laughs> <laughs> no, they just he just, I don't know, didn't want to look like a military man in there, I guess. I guess. But yeah, that's, I think, maybe the only other thing I've seen her in. She's Oh, she's in Falling Down. Who's she playing that? Sandra? I'm not sure. Oh, is she the wife? I'm not I can't remember if she's the wife or not. But yeah. Who's she in Total Recall? She's uh Melina? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, she's probably his wife then. Uh Ronnie Cox is Cohagen. Marshall Bell is Fuck Jones. <laughs> uh did you take that off the board? Yeah. Oh, well, I didn't have it. Uh yeah, he played Jones in uh Robocop. He's also Bogomil in the police Acad- or <laughs> In the Beverly Hills Cop movies. Hmm. Okay. Uh, Marshall Bell as George slash Coato. That Coato character. Holy shit. Wait. Wait. Forget it, man. His fortune telling days are over. Start the reactor. Free Makeup on that was Holy terrific. Shit. Um, a lot of close-ups for him. <laughs> yeah. He was not camera ready. Mel Johnson Jr. played Benny. Michael Champion as Helm. He was the guy with the glasses, uh, Richter's right-hand man. Okay. <laughs> Roy Brocksmith as Dr. Edgemar, your boy, <laughs> from, <laughs> from Bill, Bill Ted's. Bill Ted's bogus journey. Yeah. He gets possessed, uh, possessed by Bill. <laughs> what does he say for about the donuts? <laughs> oh, tasty crullers! <laughs> uh, Ray Baker is McLean, Doctor McLean at Recall. Rosemary Dunsmore is Doctor Lull. David Nell is Ernie. He's another Doctor at Recall or assistant. And Alexa Robinson is Tiffany. She's the receptionist. Dean Norris is Tony. Old Dino. A lot of nerve showing your face around here. You know him from Terminator 2 <laughs> and Lethal Weapon 2. <laughs> sure do. And then later Breaking Bad. I think that's about it for the main cast. What would you say uh, Dean Norris's character Tony has on his face? Is that a tumor? <laughs> <laughs> Not a tumor. <laughs> Synopsis. When a man goes for a virtual vacation on the planet Mars, an unexpected and harrowing series of events forces him to go to the planet for real. Or does he? Question mark. Question fucking mark. 
You know it's a good movie when the synopsis ends with, or does he? <laughs> <laughs> ten times out of ten, that's a that's a winning formula. So, yeah, it starts out with a, a dream. We don't know it's a dream yet, but Arnold Schwarzenegger's dreaming. He's on Mars. He's in a suit, and he falls, and it cracks, and face is about to explode. Yeah. And he wakes up screaming, but it's all right. He's right next to Sharon. Oh. <laughs> right next to Sharon Stone, so life isn't too bad for this guy. Yeah. This is pre-basic instinct. Yeah, she's uh, she's in her prime. Yep. Or maybe maybe even a little bit pre-prime, mm-hmm. but uh, she hadn't hit her peak yet. She's on the right side of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she was still somewhat of an unknown. She had been in films pretty much throughout the '80s, bit parts. She was a model, did a lot of modeling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's about a dozen commercials on her IMDb, which is weird because nobody <laughs> has fucking commercials on their IMDb. Yeah, I see people with music videos, but. Never commercials. Yeah, which is weird because like sometimes they want to look up to see who's in a commercial and they never have it. Mm-hmm. Oh, but that person that I know, you're going to tell me that they're in that commercial? <laughs> I already knew that. So, yeah, he, uh, I guess he engages in some uh, familiar male-female relations with his wife, Sharon Stone, and then he's talking about Mars again, sitting at the breakfast table. Sharon Stone was jelly because he was dreaming about a brunette. Mm-hmm. And not about her. Correct. And then, uh, yeah, he was watching the morning news about the terrorists on Mars. The rebels. It's like a revolution is trying to take hold of Mars. Yeah. Overthrow Cohagen. Led by uh, Quato. As long Who, as the turbidium keeps flowing, though, he can do whatever he wants. I couldn't figure out what they were talking about. <laughs> like, what are you saying? It's some sort of... Something ore. Yeah. Like, ore, this, mineral. This doesn't seem important. I'm just going to, you know, <laughs> I'll remember that it's some kind of mineral. Something valuable he can sell that he mines. Being mined. It's unobtainium. Get it? Because you can't obtain it. <laughs> That movie made $5 billion. What movie are you referencing? Avatar. Okay. I haven't seen it in forever. That's why I didn't get it. Unobtainium. Get it. (laughs) Get it. Look how clever that is. This is going to make $5 billion. Just watch. So yeah, Arnold won't shut up about wanting to go to Mars. And Sharon Stone isn't having none of it. And he ends up going to work uh, (laughs) where he's just a construction worker. He's jackhammering big stones. <laughs> Making big rocks into little rocks. Which is <laughs> how uh, Rambo 2 starts. Okay, yeah, I haven't watched it in a while. <laughs> this is, only he's not getting paid for it because he's yeah. a prisoner. Okay. Yeah, uh, and he he suggests going to recall to his buddy, uh, what's his name again? Yuri. Yuri? Yeah. I thought it was something else. Well, I'm sure he said Yuri the first two times, and then after Yuri turns on him, he calls him something different. <laughs> yeah. He said he had a buddy of his that went there and almost got lobotomized. Yeah. Don't mess with your brain, pal. Then he gives him this very weird fucking look, like very suspicious look. And uh, Sharon Stone actually gives him one of those uh, in the opening scene as well. She's kind of giving him a side eye a little bit. Yeah, but is that because she's jelly of his dream girl? Yeah, this is more when they were talking about going to Mars. I see. 
pretty much the same look that his buddy gives him at work after he mentions recall. So yeah, he says, fuck it, I'm going anyways. Ends up going to recall. Just does not give a shit. All the warning signs are there. <laughs> right. But he just wants a basic uh, Mars vacation. Yeah, I got a clip here. This is him and the uh, doctor talking about his options and how everything works. Go ahead and have a seat. Make yourself comfortable. Thank you. Now, help me out here, Doug. You were interested in a memory of... Uh... Mars. Yeah, Mars. Did a problem? Uh... To be perfectly honest with you, Doug, if outer space is your thing, I think you would be much happier with one of our Saturn cruises. Everybody raves about them. Now, I'm not interested in Saturn. I said Mars. Okay. You're the boss. Mars it is. Now, let me see. The basic Mars package will run you 899 credits. Now, that's for two full weeks of memories, complete in every detail. If you want a longer trip, that'll cost you a little more because it's a deeper implant. What's in the two-week package? Well, first of all, Doug, let me tell you, when you go recall, you get nothing but first-class memories. Private cabin on the shuttle, deluxe suite at the Hilton, plus all the major sites, Mount Pyramid, the Grand Canals, and, of course, Venusville. Yeah, but how real does it seem? As real as any memory in your head. Come on, don't bullshit me. No, I'm telling you, Doug, your brain will not know the difference. And that's guaranteed, or your money back. What about the guy you lobotomized? Did he get a refund? You're talking ancient history. Nowadays, traveling with recall is safer than getting on a rocket. Check out those statistics. Besides, a real holiday is a pain in the butt. You got lost luggage, lousy weather, crooked taxi drivers. When you travel with recall, everything is perfect. So what do you say? All right. Smart move. All right, while you fill out this questionnaire, I'm going to familiarize you with some of our options. No options. <laughs> Whatever you say. Could I ask you just one question, though? What is it that is exactly the same about every single vacation you have ever taken? I give up. You. You're the same. No matter where you go, there you are. It's always the same old you. Let me suggest that you take a vacation from yourself. And I know, it sounds wild. It is the latest thing in travel. We call it the ego trip. No, I'm not interested in that. You're going to love this, Doug. We offer you a choice of alternate identities during your trip. I'm, face it, why go to Mars as a tourist when you can go as a playboy or a famous jock or... Secret agent. How much is that? Ah. Let me tantalize you. You are a top operative, back under deep cover on your most important mission. People are trying to kill you left and right. You meet this beautiful, exotic woman... Come on. I don't want to spoil it for you, Doug, but you rest assured by the time the trip is over, you get the girl, kill the bad guys, and save the entire planet. Now you tell me, isn't that worth a measly 300 credits? Worth it. <laughs> totally worth it. So I looked up, his friend's name is actually Harry, so I don't know That's why what he, I thought it was. I don't know why he was calling him Yuri for like the first three scenes that they're together. <laughs> it's because he says... Hurry, hurry, <laughs> hurry. I swear, he hurry. Like, he was like enunciating. Hey, Yuri. Like, 
Payari. <laughs> That's basically the plot of the movie. You could probably just turn it off right now. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get into that in just a minute here. Because what follows about a minute later is a frantic call from the, I guess, would you call it the OR? <laughs> I guess. The impl- implementation room? Sure. Uh, where, wherever they inject the implant the room. Yeah. He's going to take a vacation from himself, though. So <laughs> he needs two weeks to grow a mustache. <laughs> like Seinfeld. Yeah. And uh, she, uh, the doctor says, we think we have another schizoid embolism. Yeah. So he runs in there. And <laughs> after he starts choking the doctor, uh, they're able to finally sedate him after injecting him about 20 times. Yeah. He's a big dude. Still, you think it'd be like enough to kill him or something? Well, they they dumped him in the uh, the Johnny Cab mm-hmm. after that. But they they also revealed that they had not uh, injected or implanted him with the ego trip yet. Mm-hmm. So he says he's a secret agent, but they haven't put that memory in him yet. I don't think they've even put in the Mars memory yet. Yeah. Well, I think while they're injecting him with something that triggered it uh the response from him well they're asking him questions that'll help improve his trip after they already injected with something that's sedating him he's starting to pass out but he's still answering questions yeah you know they ask him about uh his preference of a woman because there's a, a woman features in the ego trip package which happens to look exactly like the lady from his dream yeah it is exactly the lady from his dream his dream girl there's a kind of a computer generated image and then her picture comes up verbatim yeah after he chooses and uh also flashing in the background or on that screen is the alien reactor mm-hmm. so let's just get into it now is this a dream or not what follows everything after this oh my god it's so hard to tell it's the million dollar question it's so hard to tell you know, you almost have to believe either one way or the other. So you believe that he actually was implanted with all his, uh, all the memories that he paid for, and he's acting them out. Yep. And this is all part of that whole experience. And then at the end of the movie, when it fades to white, is him waking up. Mm-hmm. Or, or yeah, you believe that everything that they show is exactly as they say it is. Mm-hmm. Where suddenly he wakes up before they inject him or implant the memories. He's actually a secret agent. Everybody fucking freaks out and breaks, you know, breaks their cover and and comes after him. Mm-hmm. So also it could be read that the white light at the end is uh, if he's dreaming in recall, it could be him being lobotomized as well. That's true. Yep. Which because that's would, what the doctor warns him about later in a clip yeah. you'll hear. And then it would be a, definitely a dream if that's the case, if that's your theory. Or third theory. Duh, duh, duh. There's there's like dreams within a dream. <laughs> duh, 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 duh. Bah. The the opening the scene that opens <laughs> the movie is real life. And uh, everything that happens after he, quote-unquote, wakes up is, like, his dream as he's dying. Or it's his life passing before his eyes. One of the two. 
That's another one. It's a less popular theory, but possible nonetheless. I've never heard it before. I made it up <laughs> this morning, so that's why I say it's possible, not popular. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's two main theories. Um, from what I've read online, I haven't listened to the commentaries, but I've heard some people say that Verhoeven and Schwarzenegger kind of make it seem like like it was all a dream is the right solution mm-hmm. or the right answer. And I've heard other people say no, they were kind of saying the it's all real is the real answer. I but think, I know for yeah. sure that Verhoeven's talked about, you know, he left it open ended on purpose. Mm-hmm. It's for the viewer to decide, you know, kind of I guess what they prefer. I think the first time I watched it, it didn't even occur to me that oh this he could just be dreaming. It kinda of occur I mean, I saw this at a young age. Yeah. And growing up watching it a bunch I always just kind of went along with it's all real. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess when I got old, started to get older, I would start to question it more. And the evidence is all there. I mean, they literally tell you the rest of the movie <laughs> in that room. Yeah. He tells them the whole plot of the movie, Secret Agent. You know, I don't want to spoil it, but, you know, you get the girl, you save the entire planet. Right. You see a shot of the alien reactor. You see a shot of Melina. Mm-hmm. So it's everything they predict comes true. But then again, like, I don't can't remember if we mentioned it on this uh, episode yet, but Melina was also the girl in the dream. Yes. At the beginning. So could he have had those memories? And he dreams about Mars. You know, could they have been repressed? If he's never been to Mars, yeah. how could he dream about being on Mars? I mean... Right. In that detail, like obviously, you can dream, I could dream I'm on Mars as myself. I guess I right. don't think I have, but <laughs> like, is that a repressed memory that's coming back in dream form of a past life as Hauser, the secret agent, or is that a fantasy that is being fulfilled by the recall dream implantation? Well, I just might have an answer that solves all that. So, there was a novelization of this film that came out. So I read this online. I haven't read the novelization. So I'm not sure if the guy made the novel out of an early draft of the script, just from the movie itself, maybe the actual script itself. Maybe he just expanded on things, maybe not. But in the novelization, in a scene when they are running, Quaid asks Melina, what did you do before all this? And right away she says, I was modeling for recall. Why? Hmm. So she could have been a model for recall. You notice before he gets to recall, he sees the ad on the TV. You see Dr. Edgemore on there. Yeah. So that would be a reason he sees Edgemore in his dream his or dream, yeah. whatever later on when he's on Mars. Mm-hmm. So he could have seen a previous commercial with Melina. Yeah. And he keeps on, he's watching TV every day, fucking Mars, 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 Mars. Yeah. You might start dreaming about it. Mm-hmm. So that would be, for people to say it's it has to be real because he dreams about Melina and Mars beforehand, not so fast. Although I will say that's, technically that's not in the movie. So if you're going by the movie. But even so, like you can still, like even if you don't see that she modeled in like commercials for recall, like just the fact that she comes up when they, you know, they give them like three options to choose his ideal woman and that's what comes up mm-hmm. i can't imagine they had too many different models in their system as far as the ideal woman goes 
mm-hmm. you know, based on the options given. So, I mean, it's perfectly possible that, yeah, he saw her somewhere or, you know, she's done other TV commercials or it was in different shows or something. And, you know, he just saw her and then, you know, remembered her. And then obviously, like you said, he's obsessed with Mars because he's watching the news every day and that's all they talk about. Mm. Yeah, I I mean, I, I see the argument both ways because you could say that even if this isn't true, Melina was never a model. Yeah. You could say, well, for one, he's sees that Mars shit everywhere, but, you know, you dream about stuff, you dream about people you've never met before or even seen before. Yeah. You can't tell me you've never seen a stranger in a dream. Well, yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, both sides are correct. Both stories. Real, not real. You're both right. <laughs> it's up to you. What will you choose? What do you prefer? Me personally? Yeah. I don't know, man. I can't decide. That's... I think I prefer that it's all real. But not to say that there's more evidence to say it's real, but I guess I like the idea of it more than, you know, being real versus fake. Yeah. Well, like I said, the first time I watched it, like, I didn't even think to entertain the idea that it might not be real. I'd pay 1,200 credits for that. Would you? Yeah, probably. (laughs) (laughs) You'd hesitate. You're like, God, how much is a credit? (laughs) (laughs) Let's think about this. But, uh, yeah, the second time, I I think I leaned more towards it being a dream. Mm -hmm. Just because, you know, you notice stuff the second time through that you didn't notice the first time. And it's like, shit, they foreshadowed all of this. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's why I thought it'd be good to do a breakdown of this Arnold movie. I don't think there's anything else he could break down in his filmography. (laughs) But, uh, yeah. I think we covered that enough. Anything else you want to add to the debate? Dream or not a dream? Not really. Uh, As we go through the rest of the movie, I guess we can see if anything comes up. Yeah, I think I have one or two more points, but I'll have to find them later in my notes. But yeah, so uh, they dump Doug uh, in a Johnny cab. And... uh, Hope you enjoyed the ride. <laughs> I tried to erase the memory. <laughs> they they tried to re- erase his memory of recall. Mm-hmm. And they did. Yeah. Because Harry's right there to meet him. Hey, you went to recall, remember? You said you weren't going to, but you went anyway. Harry fucks it up right there. <laughs> if he isn't there, Quaid goes home, none the wiser. He's like, yeah. I... Must have got drunk. I don't know what happened. Shouldn't go on with my life. But Harry has to come and blow everybody's cover. And then he gets his goons killed along with himself. Yeah, Arnold has a Jason Bourne moment when he just all of a sudden remembers how to whip people's asses and kill them. It's pretty fucking violent. He starts too. cracking necks and oh my God. just destroying people. And he snaps at least two necks, shoots a couple other guys. Yeah, I think he breaks a couple arms, mm-hmm. maybe a leg or two. I don't know, but it was, uh, yeah, pretty intense. 
Now, I think this is what leads us to our next clip because there's a tracking device inside of Arnold's head, and that's when Richter and his boys show up. Well, I think you're jumping ahead because he goes to back to his apartment. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. And uh, Lori, is, who thinks is his wife, is practicing her tennis. <laughs> Sweet hologram. <laughs> like I said, before Terminator 2 came out, this was like a high bar set in visual effects. It won a special achievement Oscar for yeah. its visual effects. And then Terminator 2 came out the next year like, oh, CGI, no. motherfucker. I like, know this one. <laughs> this is the one. Yeah. yeah, there's some great, uh, there's some great visual effects in here and practical effects as well. Not just you know, uh, most of them are pra- Yeah, most of them are practical. Mm-hmm. The the really makeup good ones. and stuff. Yeah, there's some great uh, model work with uh, Mars and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I like a good miniature, even though when you can tell it is a miniature. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, Doug's going up there to hide. And he's like, Lori, you gotta, you gotta hide. People are coming for me, and uh, it turns out she's one of the people coming for him. Good little <laughs> Arnold versus the Sharon Stone <laughs> fucking fist fight. She kicks some ass in here. Well, he throws her about ten feet across the <laughs> kitchen at one point, though. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, she spills the beans. They're not actually married. She just found out. Or she just uh, came to, to Lithum six weeks ago mm-hmm. to, uh, you know, make sure that he stayed in line and uh, that the Im- memory implanted by the agency worked. The agency, the secret agency that everybody keeps talking about. They don't really you don't get a lot of details about them. That's right. Shout out to a couple of the guys in the makeup department. Uh, one of them being Rob Botten, who also worked on Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. <laughs> nice. He was a uh, demon makeup effects, lounge lizards design. Oh. That's pretty good. That's good stuff. Mission Impossible, masks. This guy's good with masks. Uh, seven, Basic Instinct, uh, Great Outdoors, Robocop, Inner Space. So he's done some good stuff. Witches of Eastwick, Legend, Explorers. The Thing, Twilight Zone, the movie, The Howling, Maniac, you just saw that not too long ago. Yeah. The Fog, Piranha. So, yeah, he's done a lot of great work. See if there's some other ones on here I recognize. Because there's 12 people in the makeup department. Visual effects has like 52 credits. So, wow. (laughs) Yeah. I'm sure it took a a lot of people to uh get her done mm-hmm. so yeah as you said she's spilling the beans to arnold and uh she sees the video phone behind him or mm. like a security camera she sees people richter and all those men coming up yeah so she's trying to distract him saying she wants you know one last fling in the in the bedroom <laughs> and <laughs> and then he gives her the jurassic park line like clever girl <laughs> because <laughs> he sees the the video i know this is before jurassic park but yeah i always thought that was most famous from jurassic park clever girl i don't know if i've heard that anywhere else yeah the here or jurassic park well uh, 
it's not a memorable line for me. Yeah. More of a meme type line, I think. I see. I think it's Jurassic Park I'm thinking of uh, when they're talking about the one of the female velociraptors. I think so, yeah. Or that might be the is that the second one? I can't remember. Yeah, Maybe I it's I the know. first one. Because I think it's the dudes in the the wood in the rainforest, and then they kind of sneak up like next to them. Hmm. I think that's what he, I don't know. Anyways, so uh, yeah, the chase is on. Head down to the subways. I don't know. I think you have a clip. I don't know if it's before or after the big chase scene. This is kind of during the the chase. Well, he gets into a because there's a couple different parts to it. Uh, they track him. Yeah. And does he get into the Johnny Cab again after the towel? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of stuff before he gets to the Johnny Cab. Yeah. Okay. So I think we can. Because uh, he goes through the X-ray machine. He has a gun at. He gets a gun some at some point, mm-hmm. and then they have that. Uh, he like got it from moving uh, walkway. Got it from Lori, I think. Yeah, you know, the moving walkway with the the big ass X ray machine, mm-hmm. and uh, that was pretty sweet. Yeah. Did you know where that where he was? I have a clip here. Pay attention to the last line in this clip. All right. This is Michael Ironside and his sidekick uh, talking about it. Actually, uh, Michael Ironside was out of a bit of a hot streak as well. He was in Top Gun and Scanners. Yeah. What else was he in? Do you recall? I don't know, but he blew my mind in the scanners. <laughs> All right, here's the clip. I want that fucker dead. I don't blame you, man. I wouldn't want a guy like Quaid porking my old lady. You saying she likes it? No, I'm sure she hated every minute of it. Six beta nine, six beta nine. We have a live transmission from Mr. Cohagen. Victor here, patch it through. You're on, Mr. Cohagen. What the fuck is going on down there? I'm trying to neutralize the traitor, sir. If I wanted him dead, you moron, I wouldn't have dumped him on Earth. We can't let him run around. He knows too much. Lori says he can't remember jack shit. That's now. In an hour, he could have total recall. Listen to me, Richter. I want Quaid delivered alive for reimplantation. Have you got that? I want him back in place with Lori. Did you hear me? What was that, sir? I couldn't Richter, hear you. What are you doing? Did you hear me? Switching to another channel, sir. I've got sunspots. <laughs> Check Call him back. Call him back. I'm losing you. Where is he? Second level, Galleria. <laughs> He's at the Galleria. <laughs> the Galleria? <laughs> well, I was watching it the, the first time again. The other day, I'm like, I think it, I heard it, but I didn't really register. And then when I was uh. pulling the audio... I was going to cut it before that, and then I heard him go, second floor Galleria. <laughs> I go, holy shit. I totally missed that. This fucking dude will not stay away from the Galleria. <laughs> that is three for three, Summer of Sam, Galleria. <laughs> and he kills, well, I guess he didn't kill anyone at the Galleria in T2, but it does leave a lot of damage, well, a lot he, of collateral damage. Yeah, he shoots up uh, the T-1000, but he can't kill him. I guess technically he doesn't kill anyone in Commando either, but it, it both <laughs> he it both, bo- <laughs> he body slams a, a phone booth. Kelly. 
<laughs> he body slams a payphone booth with David Patrick <laughs> Kelly inside of it. <laughs> One of my favorite scenes. I mean, he beats up a lot of security guards, but he doesn't kill them. In both of those movies, you know, his the antagonist ends up killing people at the Galleria. Yeah. In this one, he actually... Well, they do the same thing in this one. But uh, he does kill... Does he kill one or two at this this, this gallery of the future? Because <laughs> <laughs> you don't really get a sense of what city it takes place in the yeah. future. I don't remember. They're, LA would make sense. They did have a gunfight on an escalator. Oh, that's right. He used a dude as a human shield. Well, he was already shot. <laughs> <laughs> and then he, I think he throws him at Richter at the That's pretty great. <laughs> Galleria should have fucking posters on every window. Do not let this man in. I'm surprised that human shield held up as long as it did because the, with how many times they shot that dude. Yeah. Like he should have been, like he was Swiss cheese. Like he should have literally fallen apart. And you think guns in the future would be more powerful? Yeah, you see those squibs just explode. That's another thing about old Verhoeven movies, like this RoboCop. Yeah, just some of the bloodiest R-rated movies you'll ever see. The squibs are fucking huge. They're great. I love it. Yeah, me we, too. We need more stuff like that. Yeah, none of that expendable shit where it's all CGI blood sprays. This looks like shit. Yeah. I well, think they do some of that in uh, John Wick, hmm. but they, I don't know if the technology is just a lot better now, but they hide it a lot better. I know that. Yeah. Well, I watched uh, the 2008 Rambo and they did kind of the CGI stuff, but like the stuff that was happening to people in that movie should have been happening to that human shield. And I, by that, I mean his body should have <laughs> just like disintegrated. <laughs> And or fallen to pieces. I mean, those squibs make it look like they're exploding rounds. <laughs> right? But, uh, yeah, Arnold escapes. Let's see. Well, the, he ends, he ends up, up at a motel. Yeah, well, he gets, <laughs> he gets out of the cab and Johnny Cab goes nuts and starts driving after him. And then it crashes into the building. Remember that? Is that before or after the hotel? It's at the same time because that's when he gets out. Because he, he gets the phone call from that other agent that they no. don't name. You know, he wraps the towel around his head to cover mm. up the thing. And then he gets the, the case. And then I think he steals the uh, the Johnny Cab from there. Yes, I think Richter and his main man show up. And they start shooting up the streets again. These guys are yeah. just shooting willy-nilly everywhere. And it's funny because they pull up in their car and Quaid is just basically whipping shitties with that Johnny cab. He just keeps spinning (laughs) and they're shooting at him. And then finally he gets control of it and drives off. And then Richter and his dipshit buddy just stand there like, oh, shit, we lost him. So get in your (laughs) fucking car and go chase him. He's in a Johnny cab. They came up in like this nice vehicle. That was one of the few flaws i saw in this movie i was like what the, what are they doing yeah <laughs> go after them well they, they go in they go back it's not like their car was undrivable they get right back in it yeah and chase them down later with the tracker even though the tracker is uh not working great now they can't pinpoint his location because of the towel 
That's right, because he had the scanner, and once he put the towel on it, it was like, oh my god, he's still in the same spot, but now the spot is a lot bigger. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So yeah, he finds in the briefcase is a, a video. And who's on the video? He is. Talking to himself. But his name is Hauser on the video. If you're watching this, you probably got a towel wrapped around your head. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm talking to myself. Just everybody knows exactly everything that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. He tells him he's got to get his ass to Mars and go to the uh, Hilton in Mars, I believe. Uh, I think so. I don't know if I wrote that down. Well, I think I, they might have said that at uh, in Recall. I think he said that was part of the package. Mars. The Hilton, yeah. You know, you're first class. You know, you stay at the Hilton. and. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, about this time, he helps, I guess he helps himself to get the tracker out of his head. Yeah. <laughs> what well, do you feel is... a crunch here there <laughs> or when you hear a crunch? Which is fantastic. Uh, another fantastic exam- example of the special effects. Basically, he performs brain surgery on himself. <laughs> oh, yeah, worry. that was pretty good. Don't worry about it. It'll uh, locate itself. I mean, it's a little dated now, but I still love it. I mean, the fact that they actually use the practical effects for it makes it even better. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I think it would probably look just as fake if you're pulling something damn near the size <laughs> of a golf ball out of your head, like three. I think nostril. it was bigger than a golf ball. I don't know about that, but I yeah, it was it, big. I think it was something yeah. that would not be able to be pulled out of your nostril mm-hmm. without it ripping. Yeah, or just around your eye and his cavity without <laughs> messing everything up. Definitely needed a wide opening. But yeah, since he pulled it out, well, they got to fix it on the location again. So Richter and all his men are in hot pursuit and they're very close. Yeah. So uh, Arnold pretty much gets away in the nick of time. He puts the tracker in a little piece of chocolate. Looked like a Three Musketeers type of deal. And then he uh, Something. gives it to a rat. <laughs> And they chase that. He's over there. Like they're pointing two inches above the ground. I love how they're just shooting the shit out of. uh, (laughs) They missed quite a few times, but they're just like unloading at this fucking rat. Mm -hmm. And like, dude, you can see he's not there. Yeah. Because they're all aiming at the ground. They're they're looking at the the scanner and aiming based on the scanner without looking where they're actually shooting. Mm -hmm. Until that they see that the rat has it. (laughs) Richter has to. Blown away. That's a sweet special effect right there <laughs> when the rat is sliding down the screen. <laughs> Get your ass to Mars. Get your ass to Mars. So he does. He gets his ass to Mars. I forget. End to, of story. Did you have a clip of that uh, Hauser conversation? Uh, no, I don't. Okay. But he, he doesn't really tell him much. He tells him he's got to go to the hotel. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't even know he has something in his safety deposit box. But basically, he just said, all you got to do is go there and check in. He'll be fine. Because mm-hmm. yeah. they notify him there that he has a uh, something in his safety deposit box, and it's an ad for the last resort. Mm-hmm. But before he gets there, he's got to get to the, uh, I don't know, is that still an airport? What is that? Where he's trying to get in line to get to the uh, shuttle to Mars. I think he's on Mars when he's dressed as the lady. Okay, so that's after he flew to Mars. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's already there. 
That's like the customs. Because the dome is right there. Remember the dome cracks? Yes, that's right. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's like, R- Richter just is so fucking dumb. The whole movie. He keeps on shooting at the dome. <laughs> like his right hand man, the dome's going to crack. He's like, <laughs> he shoots it. He tries to shoot it again later. It's like, you know, you can't, you're not supposed to kill this guy, right? That and you don't want all of us to die, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> or how about yourself? You yeah. know, you're going to die too. That uh, two weeks. <laughs> That disguise as the uh, the large woman is one of the great scenes uh, <laughs> in this movie. I thought you were about to say in cinematic history. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if I'll go that far. It's but another good. example of practical effects, because when he pulls her head off and his head's underneath it, I mean, that's pretty sweet. Yeah. Again, that part looks... When they do the the fake Arnold heads... Yeah. That's the part that kind of looks dated, but it still looks sweet. It's kind of and weird. it's practical, how, so yeah. like you could tell the mask was kind of a CGI. Mm-hmm. And so juxtaposed with the fake Arnold head, it was a little jarring, but it's pretty sweet. Because then when they pull back and it's just Arnold holding the head, <laughs> and it's like all crystal clear and it's just him. <laughs> it's kind of jarring, but yeah, it's very cool. It's kind of weird that they couldn't master the... Uh, prosthetic Arnold head with how many movies they made it for. <laughs> Get ready for a surprise! <laughs> yeah, the head is, turns into a bomb, uh, distracts everyone just long enough for him to scamper away. But they do bust out the windows, and he does have to hang on for dear life to one yep. of the railings. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they finally uh, put it on lockdown, and he slides under one of the doors before they can get to him. Mm-hmm. But then everybody's locked in except for Arnold. <laughs> and he's uh he's on his way to the resort. Well, I guess the hotel and then the resort, I would think. Cuz it was like customs there. You bringing in any outside fruits or vegetables? 2 weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody, pro- I don't know what the thing is. Like the first question was, how long do you plan to you know be on Mars? Yeah, two weeks. Obviously, it was pre-programmed to answer a certain questions mm-hmm. because they didn't think of the <laughs> fruits or vegetables or animals question. I think it might have yeah. been animals too. He was asking about because it, it seems weird that uh, like Arnold himself couldn't uh, answer the question. He had to rely on the uh, the disguise to answer all the questions for him. They didn't have t- technology to change voices in the future. <laughs> I suppose. So, yeah, he uh, ends up going to Venusville. He meets Benny along the way, trusty cab driver. Yep. He's got five kids to feed. That's what he says. <laughs> About three times. Until the end, he says four. What happened to number five? Oh, you got me. I'm not even married. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he takes him to Venusville. And even Benny suggests, hey, why don't I take you down over here? Which is kind of weird because Benny's in on it. Yeah. He's like, "Uh, I got a much nicer place down the road. Mm. And he goes, no, I'm going here. So, yeah, he heads into uh, the last resort. It is quite the place. Sure He's got the three-titted mutant. A lot of characters. Some other mutants like Tony, who's just hanging on there. Melina's there. So yeah, I got a clip here. This is uh, 
as soon as Melina sees Hauser, because Hauser is who Quaid was before Quaid. Yep. Hello, Hauser. Still bulging, I see. Mm. What you been feeding this thing? Moms. I think it's still hungry. <laughs> you really hear it when she grabs him by the junk. They got that 80s music in there. Mm-hmm. Futuristic 80s music. I think I mentioned this on the, some of our other episodes that these 80s and 90s, or 80s especially, and like early 90s action movies have like the softest soundtracks. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like light rock or smooth jazz. Or Lethal Weapon with saxophone. Yeah. There's a lot of saxophone in this uh, scene. Yeah, and it's... It's like a really like bubblegum pop, and I'm like, these guys are supposed to be the toughest dudes in the <laughs> world. <laughs> Get the synth pop, you know, background music. It doesn't fit. Mm-hmm. But it's you know that was the times, you know. Now, uh, now it's all fucking techno. So yeah, they head upstairs, get into a private room, and where she immediately slaps him. Thought she was dead, or thought he was dead. And then she just doesn't really trust him because he's Hauser. She yeah. doesn't know if he really turned against Cohagen. So I have a note before he goes to the last resort to meet Melina is that there was an explosion outside of the Hilton. Yeah, that's when he's getting in the cab. Nice. Because he's like, well, what's going on? He's like, the Rebels, man. Let's get out of here, you know. But he's all kind of, Benny's all casual about it. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, let's yeah, yeah. go. Okay. He's like, what do they want? Well, you know, the usual. <laughs> More food, more money, more air. Just freedom. <laughs> you just want some freedom. Uh, remember, the, some of the people in Venusville have mutated because of the cheap domes. Doesn't filter out all the rays. Hmm. That was the reasoning for the mutations. So Tony's got that flap on his face. Nobody was wearing sunscreen. It's not a tumor. You got a lot of nerve showing your face around here, <laughs> Hauser. Look who's talking. <laughs> <laughs> but you wish you could show your face, Tony. Yeah, Quato stops him. Oh, Quato. That guy who plays Quato, he's uh, the villain in uh, Twins. Uh, oh, yeah, I've seen Twins. I didn't care for I'm it. Webster. His name's Webster. Twins. <laughs> he says, I'm Webster. <laughs> that name he's is like taken. The, he's like the strangely polite hitman. Okay. Yeah, it's been a really long time since I've seen that, and uh, I don't care to see it again. I was thinking about suggesting that for uh, movies we used to watch as kids. <laughs> Twins. Yeah. I've seen that one. I don't think I ever saw Junior, though. When did you see Twins? How long ago? Oh, God. Probably in college. Okay. Maybe you should take another look. <laughs> <laughs> sure, it's gotten better. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's not good, but. Hey, well, you're going to have to watch it before the sequel comes out. Wait, what? Yeah, they're supposed to be doing another one with Arnold, Danny DeVito, and Eddie Murphy. <laughs> God. <laughs> so that's what the report was. Eddie that's... Murphy's the, it's going to be called Triplets. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, Danny DeVito's not even funny in the first one. I mean, he's not supposed to be. He's not? No. Okay. Isn't it a comedy? Yeah, Arnold's the fish out of water. There's a lot of those in the 80s. 
Okay. It was like two years after Crocodile Dundee. <laughs> Alright. I won't be watching twice. Everyone was pining for those stories to be shown on film. We need fish out of water comedies. And you say that Stop or My Mom Will Shoot sucked. <laughs> it's not a fish out of water. <laughs> it's uh, Estelle Getty <laughs> helping it with a murder investigation. Yeah, that's not believable. Arnold. <laughs> <laughs> but Arnold and Danny DeVito being twins. <laughs> well, the way they set it up, more believable than Estelle Getty being a badass. <laughs> I didn't say she was a badass. She's just a mom from Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> and in the uh, in Crocodile Dundee, it's much more believable to... It's a Jersey thing. To see him as uh, comedically out of place in New York when he's from the outback of Australia. Yeah. I haven't seen that, so I can't comment on that. Yeah, I just went like the comedic aspect to twins. Because Arnold's character is from some weird island kind of cut off from society and the world. He doesn't really know shit about anything. Really, it's a study in nature versus nurture. Yeah. All the leftover shit went into you. <laughs> <laughs> they're describing like the what happened for the twins. It was all the strength and all the, you know, what good genes went in Arnold and all the leftover <laughs> shit went into you. <laughs> it's basically what they tell Danny DeVito. That's the uh, that's the Quato story in Total Recall. <laughs> yeah, it's like you never separated, but uh, he got all the good genes. And okay, you can be psychic, but you're not gonna be anything else. Okay, remind me to tell you a story when we get to Quato later. All right. Uh, so where are we at now? She kicks him out. Doesn't want to see him, you know, because she doesn't trust him. So I think that's when she goes, but he goes back to his room and Dr. Edgemore knocks on the door. Yep. I got a clip. Tasty crawlers. <laughs> I wish I had that one. Mr. Quaid? What? I need to talk to you about Mr. Hauser. Who are you? Dr. Edgemore from Recall. How did you find me? It's a little difficult to explain. Could you open the door, please? I'm unarmed. Don't worry, I'm alone. Uh, may I come in? What do you want? Uh, this is going to be very difficult for you to accept, Mr. Quaid. I'm listening. I'm afraid you're not really standing here right now. You know, Doug, you could have fooled me. I'm quite serious. You're not here, and neither am I. That's amazing. <laughs> Where are we? At recall. You're strapped into an implant chair, and I'm monitoring you from the psychoprobe console. Get it. I'm dreaming. And all this is part of the delightful vacation your company has sold me. Right? Not exactly. What you're experiencing is a freeform delusion based on our memory tapes. But you're inventing it yourself as you go along. What if it is my delusion? Who the hell invited you? I've been artificially implanted as an emergency measure. I'm sorry to tell you this, Mr. Quaid, but you've suffered a schizoid embolism. We can't snap you out of your fantasy. And I've been sent in to try to talk you down. How much is Cohagen paying you for this? Think about it. Your dream started in the middle of the implant procedure. Everything after that, the chases, the trip to Mars, the suite at the Hilton, are all elements of your recall holiday and ego trip. You paid to be a secret agent. Bullshit. 
It's coincidence. And what about the girl? Brunette, athletic, sleazy, and demure? Just as you specified. Is that coincidence? Uh, she's real. I dreamt about it before I even went to recall. <sighs> Mr. Quaid, can you hear yourself? She's real because you dreamed her. That's right. Well, maybe this will convince you. Would you mind opening the door? You open it. No need to be rude. I'll do it. Sweetheart. Come in, Mrs. Quaid. Well, I suppose you're not here either. I'm here at recall. I love you. Right. That's why I tried to kill me. No. I'd never do anything to hurt you. I want you to come back to me. Bullshit. What's bullshit, Mr. Quaid? That you're having a paranoid episode triggered by acute neurochemical trauma? Or that you're really an invincible secret agent from Mars who's the victim of an interplanetary conspiracy to make him think he's a lowly construction worker? Stop punishing yourself, Doug. You're a fine, upstanding man. You have a beautiful wife that loves you. Your whole life is ahead of you. But you've got to want to return to reality. Let's assume I do. Then what? Swallow this. What is it? It's a symbol of your desire to return to reality. Inside your dream, you'll fall asleep. All right, let's say you're telling the truth and this is all a dream. Then I could pull this trigger and it won't matter. Doug, don't. It won't make the slightest difference to me, Doug. But the consequences to you would be devastating. In your mind, I'll be dead. And with no one to guide you out, you'll be stuck in permanent psychosis. Doug, let Dr. Edgemar help you. The walls of reality will come crashing down. One minute, you'll be the savior of the rebel cause. And the next thing you know, you'll be Cohagen's bosom buddy. You'll even have fantasies about alien civilizations, as you requested. But in the end, back on Earth, you'll be lobotomized. It's a lot of shit right there. Mm -hmm. So skeptics of it being real. This is more evidence. I mean, it's right. what you would argue. He gives them a pill yeah. to take as a symbol of him wanting to go back to reality. I guess, which is pretty suspicious. Yeah. <laughs> And I guess thinking about it, you know, why would that doctor be in on the plot? It, like, if it's real, I guess you would say the agency hired him to come and convince Quaid that he's dreaming, even though he's not. I guess you if know, it was if real, he, if, if it was all real, why would he be there? Yeah. So, like, what would cause him to be? In that situation. Well, I think Recall might have some sort of a relationship with the, I guess, the government or the agency. Mm -hmm. Because remember, um, they discover that his brain, or at least they say in the 
implant room that somebody's messed around with his brain, yeah. erased his memory before. And like, come on, we're talking about the fucking agency. Mm-hmm. So they at least know of them and probably have had past encounters or relationships with the agency. Okay. So you can see them may possibly working together. Um, plus that guy's like a figurehead. He's yeah. in the commercials. He could just be a representative. And plus he's selling, he was selling a Mars trip in that commercial, wasn't he? That Quaid's watching on the uh, train. I think so. But also, on the on the flip side, if it's a dream, uh, some people would criticize it, saying, "Well, if it's all Quaid's dream, why are there scenes without Quaid in it? You know, seeing mm-hmm. what goes on." And yeah, um, some people have alleged that, that that's just his way of kind of rationalizing it, his brain. Yeah. And like any time recall pops up, like him right here or past mentions of recall, that's like his brain trying to tell him that he is in recall mm-hmm. and then, he, you know, he's stuck and he's to, he needs to snap out, out of it. Yeah. yeah. So there's a lot of reasons, I guess, as to why he could be there on both sides. <laughs> yeah. So this is kind of the uh, the pivotal scene, I think, as far as which way you go with it. Is it real? Is it a dream? Do you agree with that? Uh, I'd say it's just as important as um, the scene of recall, although I guess I'd probably consider the scene of recall a little more important since they kind of go over the whole plot. But another, you know, there's more evidence here that it could be real since he's sweating after he gives him the pill. Mm. Swallow it. And he doesn't shoots him right in the fucking head and then (laughs) spits the pill at him, which is pretty sweet. (laughs) But he called uh, his bluff correctly because after he shoots him, the walls come crashing down. Why don't they just break the door down? They they love busting through walls in this movie. I don't know. Watching too many uh, Friday the 13th. Yeah. Then Melina. She shows up and has a cool fight with uh, Sharon Stone. In the, in the words of Joey Styles, former ECW commentator. Can't fight! <laughs> If only I had seen that, I could get your reference. <laughs> I'm sure you can uh, look it up. You on about YouTube. imagine? Just look it up on YouTube. <laughs> it was uh, it was a common trope. I'm sure it was. I'm sure they don't say that anymore. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, they uh, now when women are starting to become some of the bigger money makers in WWE, they've uh, like rowdy. Except she doesn't really wrestle right mm-hmm. now. They've turned a corner and uh, with their women's wrestling. Was it Charlotte Flair? Is that her name? Charlotte? Yep. And uh, Becky Lynch. Yep. They main evented WrestleMania. So WWE, you know, they've they're turned pretty, a corner. Pretty progressive. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then uh, Quaid kills his wife. Mm-hmm. He's a wife killer. Consider it a divorce. <laughs> Jesus Oh man That's your wife? Yeah (laughs) Uh, So yeah I think from there What they He jumps in uh, Benny's cab Is that Mm -hmm. the next scene? And then they uh, They get chased And Get into a little shootout In the mine Yep And then this is about Where they meet Quato. Because uh, they're saved by P. 
people in the mine kind of coming out from behind skeletons and things like that. Yeah, and then there's like a secret tunnel in the last resort that leads yep. into Quados. Tony helps him out. Quato. Thank you, Tony. <laughs> mm. <laughs> then all those people die. Yeah, quite the shootout there. Uh, I guess they the, don't all the, die. The but... three, well, the three-titted woman dies is the first to go. Yeah. But uh, the little person, she is such a badass in here. Mm. She jumps up on the bar with that machine gun and starts mowing down the, uh, I guess, cops for the agency. Agency has their own force or soldiers. Yeah. Don't want to be lifting around her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's lifting. <laughs> she was on Seinfeld once. Mickey was his name, right? Yeah, the little Mi- person. Mickey had a crush on her, and uh, <laughs> Johnny uh, also had a crush on her. And Mickey was doing stand-in work on a like a sitcom or or like a TV show where it was a family. He was doing stand-in work as a kid, and the kid grew like four inches in one summer. So he started <laughs> lifting. So Mickey started putting lifts in his shoes. <laughs> So that he could keep his job. <laughs> and he got found out. Yep. But yeah, and then she uh, she charges with that knife. Gets the guy with the glasses. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, of course, Cohagen tells everyone to pull out. Yeah. Even though they could have just destroyed everyone there. But they're just going to cut off the air and suffocate him to death. I can't believe it. That's like something out of the Nazis. <laughs> Just, just cut off the air. It's pretty bad. Everyone, yeah. It's pretty bad. That's a bad way. They already to go. gave him cheap domes, mutating oh, everyone. Oh man. Yeah. They, then they made Quato. Yep. Uh, I got a scene, or I got a clip here. Where's Quato? On his way. You heard the rumors about the pyramid mine. Yep. Cohagen found something weird inside, and it's got him scared shitless. What? Aliens? You tell me. Well, I don't know. Yes, you do. That's why we brought you here. Cohagen's big secret is buried in that black hole you call a brain. And Quato's gonna dig it out. You're Quato, right? Wrong. Quato's a mutant. So don't get upset when you see him. you to remember but why to be myself again you are what you do a man is defined by his action not his memory please take my hand
your mind. I love the makeup on Quato. Yeah, Fantastic. I, I forgot how moany and groany he was when he first came out. He is so fucking creepy looking. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know who came up with the idea of he's going to be a conjoined twin, but it's just kind of the head and maybe an arm or two, and then he's going to be gooey. <laughs> and he's well, gonna... he's like inside of his twin's body, <laughs> which gross. is really weird. It's almost like his twin shuts down when he talks because he has to snap the guy out of it. Like, wake up. We got to go because <laughs> the walls start crashing down. It's very strange. But yeah, that kind of reminded me of uh, the uh, girl with two heads. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember them. Or I should say the two girls with one body. (laughs) I mean, there's been several cases throughout history and whatnot, but I'm talking specifically of Abby and Brittany Hansel or Hensel. From right here in the state of Minnesota. That they are, just west of here. Oh, you yeah. Yeah. They are both uh, 29, obviously, they're (laughs) twins. (laughs) Uh, I'm looking at their Wikipedia page right here. Born in New Germany, Minnesota. But I got to tell you, I... Is that Amish country? No, it's just straight west of here, I think. Let's see on the map. Yeah, just west of the metro area. And I ran into these two one time. You did? Have I told you this story? No. So I was hanging out with a buddy uh, who lives in Watertown, which is straight west of the cities. Okay. Right around the same area. Small town. I think that's where we got my dog from. Okay. In 92. (laughs) Back in 92. You remember? When you were four? (laughs) I was five. Oh, you're 80. That's right. You were born in 87. See, I was out there, and we were at uh, one of the local bars, because there's only two or three, probably. Mm-hmm. And uh, him and I are want to do, um, you know, we started drinking, and uh, it was going to be like an all-night affair. We weren't going to have a couple drinks and go home. It was, we were going to close the bar. Mm-hmm. So we're there for maybe a couple hours. I go to the bathroom. I come back, and I walk up to him at the bar, and. He looks at me and goes, uh, yeah, there's a girl with two heads walking around. I go, <laughs> I go, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> he goes, there's a girl with two heads that's walking around. I go, you're fucking drunk right now. You know, you're not making mm. sense. I was like, it's very early for you to be doing this. You know, it's only like nine o'clock, 10 o'clock. Like, what the hell? How did you get drunk so fast? Hmm. He goes, no, I'm fucking serious. And I was like, no, it's fucking not. I'm looking around. There's no girl with two heads. Hmm. We ended up going outside. There was a almost like part of a parking lot type area that was cut off because they had a live band out there. We're out there for a while. There was like bags set up, people playing bags. And I'm standing watching the band. And a girl with two heads walks two feet in front of me, just right across <laughs> me. And I about dropped my drink. I was like, <laughs> holy shit. And then I completely forgot that I had seen him on TV. Yeah. This was right around the time they had that show. It was called Abby and Brittany on TLC. Okay. Because they, like, they have separate organs, at least the main ones. Like, they each have a separate heart, stomach, uh, lungs, uh, spinal cords. That's so weird. But, you know, there's only two arms and two legs, and one controls one of each. So, like, the show was about, like, them getting their driver's license and things like that. <laughs> 
I had other questions that I wanted to ask <laughs> that I was not rude enough to ask about their personal lives. There's so many questions. But things took coordination. Like driving a car, they have to turn the wheel together. They have to. Yeah. I mean, I guess they wouldn't have to. One could just lay off the brake or the pedal. Just one could just handle the pedals, you know. Yeah. But so that was probably the best thing to do. But also when you're. I wonder it's if they, weird when you're braking and and accelerating and someone else is also controlling the steering wheel. I wonder if they take turns driving and they just do one side at a time. Somebody leads. <laughs> I what if, if you need to make a sharp turn, though? Might be hard. I wonder if they went around the course twice to get their driver's license for each of them. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they had to get two licenses. <laughs> I was wondering, like, when they drink, they got to be careful because whenever they drink, they're technically double fisting <laughs> right? every time. They're both drinking. They they might have separate stomachs, but they have one bloodstream. Yeah. And that's getting filled twice as fast. <laughs> they're small girls. Yeah. They're not big. I was going to say the average height. I was going to say they could quadruple fist it, but they can't because they only have two fists. <laughs> yeah. They don't. Yeah. They only have two. But they two could arms, drink two legs. They could drink them at the same time, though. Yeah. Fascinating case. The Hansel sisters. Shout out to the Hansel twins. <laughs> <laughs> we know you're listening in Minnesota. Thanks for the support. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. With all due respect. Fascinating uh, lives. Obviously. Obviously with all they due respect. They are much prettier than fucking Coato, who pretty much gave, gave me nightmares as a child. Like, uh, like I said, so many close-ups. <laughs> Especially when uh, Richter... Uh, puts a kill shot through his head because <laughs> Benny double crosses him and then uh, shoots him and he's lying dead on the floor and we get the Wait. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> start the reactor <laughs> and then bam that was pretty sweet bullet uh, goes right through his head yeah that was pretty sweet pretty fucking gross makeup <laughs> special effects is terrific so good. So then they uh, capture Melina and Quaid. And they take him up to celebrate with Cohagen and Richter. Mm. And I got uh, another clip here because Cohagen's telling them that Hauser planned this whole thing. Yeah. Just uh, a shock to Quaid. He's just playing the... He's lying. Double, triple, quadruple cross. Yeah. Here's the last clip. It's so complex. Well, my boy... You're a hero. Fuck you. Huh? Don't be modest. Quato is dead. The resistance has been completely wiped out, and you were the key to the whole thing. He's lying. You two-faced bastard. <laughs> you can't blame him, Angel. He's innocent. You see, Quaid, none of my people could get close to Quato. Fucking mutants could always sniff us out. So Hauser and I sat down and invented you, the perfect mole. You know you're lying. Hauser turned against you. <laughs> That's what we wanted you to think. The fact is, Hauser volunteered to become Doug Quaid. It was the only way to fool the psychics. Oh, get your story straight. This idiot here has been trying to kill me ever since I went to recall. You don't kill somebody you're trying to plant. He wasn't in on it. You set him off by going to recall. 
So why am I still alive? We gave you lots of help. Benny here. My pleasure, man. Guy with the suitcase, the mask, the money, the message from Hauser. All of that was set up by us. Sorry. Too perfect. Perfect my ass. You pop your memory cap before we can activate you? Richter goes hog wild screwing up everything I spent a year planning. Frankly, I'm amazed it worked. Well, Kohagen, I have to hand it to you. It's the best mindfuck yet. Oh, don't take my word for it. Someone you trust wants to talk to you. Who is it this time? My mother? Howdy, Quaid. If you're listening to this, that means that Quado is dead and you have led us to him. I knew you wouldn't let me down. Sorry for that shit I've put you through, but hey, what are friends for? I would like to wish you happiness and long life, old buddy, but unfortunately, this is not gonna happen. You see, it's my body I've got there, and I want it back. Sorry to be an Indian giver, but I was here first. So, adios, amigo, and thanks for not getting yourself killed. <laughs> hey, maybe we meet now at Dreams. <laughs> you never know. I don't know what year this takes place in, but we stopped saying Indian Giver a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> not 1990 and not in 2000 whatever this movie takes place in. Unless there's uh, some other new thing that happens in the future that uh, <laughs> there's an issue there that brings it back. We stopped saying that a while ago. <laughs> we? I, I don't know if I ever said it. The don't throw me into this. The collectively. <laughs> don't put this all on me, Brett. We as a culture. Not just you and me. You just said I did, and I'm saying I didn't? Are you giving something and taking it back? <laughs> Fucking asshole. <laughs> Who would do something like that? <laughs> All right. Um, Anyways. Yeah, so they're going <laughs> to erase their memory again. Make him go back to Hauser. And yep. make Melina an obedient trophy wife for Hauser. And they're going to meet everyone at the party tonight. Cohagen's having a party. <laughs> That's right. And everybody's invited. Yeah, Richter's bringing his wife. Oh, wait. Ooh. <laughs> He doesn't seem to be too torn up anymore. <laughs> of course, he hasn't been with her for six weeks anyways. Well, speaking of torn up, I, I don't know what you heard about uh, <laughs> those six weeks. <laughs> I'm sure she hated every minute of it. <laughs> <laughs> Poor year old lady. <laughs> uh, talk about taking one for the... T- how is wait a minute? So how is Richter not in on it when his wife was there? For That's six what I was going to bring up. The, yeah. Uh, so we're, yeah, we're going to use your wife to play his wife yeah. to keep him quiet on Earth. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, why not just kill him? Yeah. My other thing is okay. So it, they have this plan to execute, but yeah, he wouldn't know about this plan because Richter's going to say, "Why the fuck are we keeping him alive?" Yeah. So. I guess you could also say that uh, Cohagen probably told him something different or mm-hmm. wants to use it in the future. 
just keeping them quiet on earth for a while so he could be used later for some nefarious purpose. Yeah. But that's the only thing I can think of because I'm like, how does he not know what the plan is if he's letting his wife get fucked by Arnold? <laughs> well, yeah, I guess I could see they had some kind of, to a point, like he knew he was in on it. Like they erased his memory. They gave him a new memory. We're going to keep him quiet. Your wife is going to go live with him, make sure everything's hunky-dory. And then once his uh, secret agent memory was triggered and Richter had to go to try to, you know, put the stops to him, from that point on, he didn't know that the plan was to infiltrate the the Martian uh, mutants. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could see that part. But obviously he knew his wife was getting porked by old Hauser there. <laughs> That's a funny thing. Because even early on in the movie, you know, he wants to kill him the first chance he gets. And Cohagen is telling him no. Yeah. So he knows too much. And, you know, Cohagen says, well, she, Laurie says he doesn't remember Jack's shit. Mm-hmm. Well, he, any an hour from now, he could have total recall. Right. So basically he's just worrying all day, every day that he could have total recall. So why doesn't he just kill him, you know, after the first week? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Well, I, I, weird. I think because he kept quiet, you know, mm-hmm. it wasn't until he acted up, you know. Until he went to recall is when he yeah. kind of got down or came exactly. down there. But still, yeah, it was it was a bit of a stretch there for for the plan. And it is funny that Ronnie Cox, uh, Cohagen mentions like, yeah, I'm fucking surprised it worked, you know. <laughs> right? We've been playing it for a year. <laughs> and my asshole right-hand man kept on trying to fuck it up. <laughs> That's why communication is key. <laughs> they got video phones that they go to fucking Mars and back. Well, he had sunspots, though. <laughs> sunspots. sunspots. <laughs> Losing you. Where is he? Second floor Galleria. <laughs> the Galleria? <laughs> yep. Oh, man. Anyways. Yeah, Quaid breaks out, though. Yeah, that is quite the scene in the implant room on Mars. Yeah, because I go back axe. to recall. Yeah, pretty gnarly scene, especially when he shoves that pole through that guy's head. <laughs> that was that was a great special effect. Good stuff. That looked fucking sweet. It's <laughs> fucking amazing. There's axe and fools. So good. Breakout. Uh, Richter gives chase, and he gets the permission to kill him this time. Mm-hmm. So he's gonna do it. And Cohagen kicks over his aquarium while his goldfish are dying. And <laughs> a little foreshadowing for later because the goldfish don't have air in there. Oh, so much foreshadow. Mm-hmm. He knows there's a, an alien artifact through that vision he saw through Kawato. Open uh, your mind. Start the reactor. So he's going to go fucking start the reactor. So he goes to the mountain, Mount Olympus or something, I think it's called. Well, on the way, Benny gets in a little bulldozer. And yeah, corners big them. drill. Yeah, whatever, to drill him to death. Where the fuck that vehicle was it's for used for mining. And then uh, Quaid becomes the driller killer. Mm-hmm. Probably your favorite one-liner in here from Arnold. He says, "Screw you!" <laughs> <laughs> he has so many one-liners. I couldn't even keep up. <laughs> like, Consider it a divorce. <laughs> like I, I should have wrote them all down, but like. Fucking just one after the other. Yeah. 
probably better one-liners than Commando, but not by much. It's pretty close. Commando's yeah. got a lot of good ones, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you said, they find their way an opening to get to the reactor. There's a shootout when they use the hologram. Yeah, that was pretty sweet. Yeah, it, it was it was a very sweet scene, but it's funny when the first time the hologram walks into the middle of the room and everyone surrounds and starts shooting. They're all just aiming at each other. Right. And it's going through a hologram. They all would have, would have shot each other. Like how uh, poorly <laughs> trained are you that you're all going to stand in a circle and shoot? <laughs> Even if it was a real person in between them, like there's yeah. bound to be, uh, you know, strays. Automatic weapons. and Yeah. You're going to just kill everybody on your own side. I mean, you watch them aim and they weren't aiming down that much. Even if they were, they still would have shot the knees off everyone. <laughs> but for some reason, that doesn't happen. And so Arnold and Molina have to do it all themselves. Yeah. Throwing the hologram back and forth. It's a really great scene. Loved it. This has got to be some of the earliest like realistic hologram stuff in movies. Hmm. I know there's hologram stuff before. THX 1128 comes to mind. <laughs> John Williams, that's THX. <laughs> uh, 11, uh, sorry, THX 1138. I think I said 1128. 1138, it's over there. I see it. You like it? Robert Duvall has a, a jerk-off machine. I've seen it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. You know, little fight on the elevator then, huh? Yeah. Pretty sweet. He rips his arms off. <laughs> well, the elevator kind of does, but Arnold holds him there. See you at the party, Victor. <laughs> it sounds like he says Victor, but it's Richter every time. That doesn't even make sense. The R and V don't even sound alike. <laughs> so, yeah, that he's about to turn on the reactor and old Cohagen beat him to the punch. Yeah. Or I should say he's. He's trying to there. He's, he's trying not to, gonna, He yeah. doesn't want it started. He's trying to blow it up. Uh, he would have to relinquish his power. He doesn't wouldn't have as much power over the people anymore if they all have air. <laughs> if only it was that easy. <laughs> yeah. Let's just take your air away. Well, that's what some of the rebels were rebelling for. They wanted more air, cleaner air. This is true. Mm-hmm. I wonder if Mars has global warming. I also thought it'd be weird. So if I just melt ice, I can just make a lot of air. <laughs> True. I mean, it's uh, it's sixty six percent. No, it's thirty three percent oxygen. Ice or water? What's the difference? <laughs> well, H two. So it'd be if you're talking about uh, the molecular level. H2O. Yeah, H2. Two parts hydrogen, one part oxygen. Yeah, so that would be one third, not two thirds. Didn't you say? I thought I corrected myself. Oh, I thought you said, yeah, 66.7. I think I corrected myself. Oh, who are you? I just said that. But when you melt something, it just turns into water, and water still holds oxygen. Yeah, but then it turns into steam. Yeah. And then it's a gas. That it would be. And then you're breathing in water. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, then you're breathing in H2O. It would be 100% humidity. Mm-hmm. Well, it's alien technology, so it all works. I, it's an, I, I'll buy it. That's another thing people who point to it being all a dream is that it's so far-fetched that 
he can just save the whole planet and give oxygen to everybody through this, you know, alien contraption. And the whole planet has an atmosphere in like two minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Which I can buy that as a, yeah. as an explanation of why it would be a, a dream and not real. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's a, a struggle ensues, but one by one, they are eventually shot out onto the Martian surface after it is activated. Yeah. Well, Melina shoots uh, Richter, or uh, Cohagen, rather. Mm-hmm. And then Quaid, he throws that bomb at the dome. Yep. That sucks Cohagen uh, out. Mm-hmm. And then he... Uh, and they just can't hold on for too much longer. But yeah. about 30 seconds, they both fly out. But he gets that reactor activated before he gets sucked out. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. The special effects on Cohagen getting his fucking face burst. Or even Arnold. Yeah. Getting his face fucked up by uh, the it's lack terrifying. of oxygen. <laughs> Eyes are bugging out, especially on Cohagen when it like his face starts to pop. It doesn't oh, yeah. it doesn't show it explode, but his eyes fully bug out. Yeah. It's a protrude amazing, from his face. Amazing special effect right there. So mm-hmm. I loved it. And Quaid and Melina are saved at just the nick of time. The oxygen washes over them. And then they, what do they close with the line? What if this is a dream? Mm-hmm. And then what do you say? Well, you better kiss me quick. Yeah. She's like, what's wrong? He's like, what if this is all a dream? <laughs> oh, then kiss me quick. That's exactly how it Kiss went. me before you wake up is what she says, I think. And then fade to white and then cut to black. Yep. Lobotomy, or he wakes up, or it's just the end of the story. He saved the planet. Who knows? Two main options, and one of the options has two outcomes. Waking up or lobotomy, if it's a dream. It's all a dream. He used to read Word Up magazine. <laughs> <laughs> was it, uh, was it uh, who and Heavy D are in the limousine? What is he? What's the line? I don't remember what the next line is. Anyways. Um, I just know he had one big eye and one little eye, and they called him Biggie Smalls. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Should we get into some fun facts? Sure. Hey, everybody. Here's some fun facts. Uh, this was one of the last major Hollywood blockbusters to make large-scale use of miniature effects as opposed to CGI. Uh, it was also one of the first major Hollywood blockbusters to use CGI, mainly for the scenes involving the x-ray scanner, and have it look, quote, photo real, end quote. Here's a fun fact. You know, this movie was x-rated originally, and they had to cut a lot of stuff. Apparently, the one of the scenes that uh, people had a big problem with was the uh, shootout at The Last Resort. They had to cut a lot of stuff there. I think Thumberlina is her name, the little person. Mm-hmm. And she pretty much just like gutted him, basically. So they kind of changed that, and I guess they moved the knife up into his chest. More so in this one. Yeah. Uh, it was rumored that in the original X-rated cut, uh, Benny's death was more graphic and explicit, and that Benny's guts were seen falling out of his stomach when Quaid kills him. So that's another possible reason it was X-rated. That's like the story of every Paul Verhoeven movie, though. It's yeah. like it was rated X or NC-17, and then they got it down to an R, maybe. Some of them he didn't cut down to an R. Some of them he just left at NC-17. 
all Brian De Palma had to do was not, you know, show as many scenes with a clown getting shot. <laughs> yeah, because he didn't uh, even show a lot of the chainsaw scene in the original cut in that movie because he always thought it was it was more uh, it was more effective if you didn't show it. Yeah, you just show Tony watching it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, here's a fun fact. Schwarzenegger wore stunt pads to protect his genitals when they filmed the fight scene between him and Lori uh, when she elbows and kicks him in the in the junk. Uh, when Ronald Shusett and Dan O'Brien first started working on the screenplay for this movie back in the 1970s, they realized that the movie would probably be too expensive and difficult to make uh, by the standards of special effects and budget at the time. They delayed working on the story and instead worked on an idea O'Bannon had about a space monster terrorizing a spaceship crew. This became Alien. Mm. Yeah, I remember uh, I should talk about the sequel here that they were going to make. So a sequel is written with a script titled Total Recall 2 and with uh, the character still Douglas Quaid now working as a reformed law enforcer. The sequel is based on another Philip K. Dick short story, The Minority Report, which hypothesizes about a future where a crime can be solved before it is committed. In the movie, the clairvoyance would be Martian mutants. In 1994, producer Mario Kazer spoke with director Ronnie Yu about possibly helming the sequel. In 98, actor-director Jonathan uh, Frakes Frakes, was also attached to the follow-up. But the sequel is ultimately not filmed, uh, but the script survived and it was changed drastically and contained greater elements from the original short story. And it eventually was adapted into Spielberg's sci-fi thriller Minority Report, which came out in 02. You seen oh, Minority Report? I have. I have it on DVD. There you go. I don't think I've ever watched that DVD, though. <laughs> <laughs> so I, you saw I, it before you got on DVD? I saw it in the theater. Yeah. And I liked it enough to buy the DVD. And then uh, by that time, I, I just never wanted to watch it again. <laughs> so, actually, I might have watched it once or twice. I take that back. Mm-hmm. Here's another fun fact. Uh, Arnold was so impressed by how much de- uh, dedication Sharon Stone had in training for her character uh, that he even referred to her as the female Terminator. She was inducted into the Stunt Woman Association as an honorary member. Ooh. All of the crew fell ill due to food poisoning during production, with the exception of Arnold and Ron Chousset. Well, whose fucking idea was it to eat in Venusville? You don't order the food there. <laughs> so Arnold escaped because he had always had his food catered from the U.S., this is because three years earlier he had fallen ill due to drinking tap water in Mexico during production of Predator. As for Chousette, he took extreme health precautions such as only brushing his teeth with boiled or bottled water and insisting on getting a weekly vitamin B12 shot. Hmm. Chousette was even mocked by the crew until they all got sick themselves. Here's a fun fact. So the concept of Quaid as a buff construction worker was suggested by Arnold himself. In the earlier drafts of the script... Quaid was described as an average-looking accountant type. Because of this detail, the original intended producer, Dino De Laurentiis, was adamant that Arnold not audition. It was only after uh, Schwarzenegger convinced Mario Kasser 
to buy the script rights from Dale Laurentiis, uh, whose production company went bankrupt, that later drafts changed Quaid's character into one more suitable for Arnold to play. Arnold said that he felt this helped the story, giving a much stronger contrast to it by making an otherwise powerful character vulnerable by having his mind stolen. Um, one thing we forgot to mention about the implant scene, another foreshadowing of the climax of the film, when they're about to upload the implant, remember the male assistant remarks to the female, he goes, uh, blue sky on Mars, huh? That's a new one. Oh, yep. more foreshadowing. Arnold was right. This is a real mind fuck. <laughs> But I can't remember if he said it sarcastically or he was generally surprised, like, oh, the end of this is a blue sky on Mars. Yeah. Because you think he would have seen that many a times if that's part of the package. Well, it could have been. It sounded like the ego trips were new, though. Yeah, he did say it's like the latest thing. Yeah. So it might have been like the first time that they had somebody buy one of those uh, secret agent ones. Mm-hmm. Here's another fun fact. Here we go. To coincide with the movie's release, Sharon Stone posed nude for Playboy magazine, showing off the buff body she developed in preparation for the movie. She pumped iron and learned Taekwondo. Oh, paid off. I think she looks great in uh, both fight scenes. She really holds her own, I thought. I Yeah, I agree with that. Speaking of... In the DVD commentary, Paul Verhoeven said that for the love scene after Quaid wakes up from his nightmare, he wanted Sharon Stone to show more skin, but she refused to do so. Uh, He settled for shooting the scene as it is shown, but mentions that he, quote, got her back, end quote, while shooting Basic Instinct. (laughs) (laughs) Is this like a Last Tango in Paris type scenario we're talking here, or... (laughs) I don't know if I like how that's worded. <laughs> well, she shows a lot of skin and basic instinct. Sure does. Mm-hmm. And I haven't heard her complain about that at all. So I don't think there's any. Well, she posed for Playboy to yeah. promote the movie, which yeah. is kind of ironic that she refused to do more nudity mm-hmm. in the movie itself. Yeah. You know, some women have regrets later saying, you know, I did it to further my career or mm-hmm. they lied to me about this and this, you know, it wasn't supposed to be that much nudity. And then it was, yeah. you know, there's a lot of different stories out there from different women, but well, it seems like she just kind of owns it. Yeah. In casino. She doesn't uh, show her breasts. She's in a couple of sex scenes from what I remember. Even with yeah, uh, Joe Pesci. I need to watch that again. That was a great movie. The Tangiers. <laughs> Joe Bob Briggs is in there Is he? Yeah he's the incompetent uh, Manager of some of the slots Okay That uh, Robert De Niro ends up firing And then the, one of the His uncle or something or other Is like a county commissioner and Pays De Niro a visit You know like you gotta hire him back Or else oh. we're gonna fuck you over Alright He's in a couple of scenes He's a plays a real dipshit so Arnold thought the uh, trailer was a bad one that misrepresented the film. It didn't convey, uh, sorry, it didn't convey Total Recall's scope and weirdness. He felt 
uh, TriStar Pictures just didn't know what to do with the film. Arnold took it up with producers Peter Goober and John Peters and made them watch both the film and then the trailer. They agreed it was selling the film short, so they had a new one made as well as a new campaign. Uh, Thumberlina, played by Debbie Lee Carrington. I don't think we mentioned her earlier. Uh, she had starred in Star Wars Episode Six: Return of the Jedi as an Ewok. So I thought I wanted to point out her name and some of the other work she's done besides Seinfeld. Okay. In this. She, yeah, she only has one line in the film. If you need help with this one, give me a holler. <laughs> <laughs> she's very sassy. <laughs> very sassy. Uh, so apparently the film takes place in 2084. 2084? Yep. Okay. Here's a fun fact. So in filming the fight scene between Laurie and Melina, Paul Verhoeven asked second unit director Vic Armstrong to choreograph the fight, not as a cat fight, <laughs> but more like a martial arts fight to give the, the feel of two warriors fighting each other and not simply two women. Uh, Verhoeven remarks in the DVD commentary that this is probably the first time in a feature film where we see two women fighting each other normally as opposed to a cat fight. Yeah, they're not pulling each other's hair and... Just rolling out on the ground, yeah. just, you know, grabbing... Ripping their clothes grabbing off. clothes and stuff, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, I think that's about it. It's probably enough fun facts. I think so. There's some more on there, of course. A lot of them are redundant of what we've already talked about. Uh-huh. So, uh, yeah, any other thoughts on Total Recall? This is one of those movies that you watch it a bunch of times. I think you're going to get something different every time you watch it. Yeah, definitely stays entertaining. That's why I like a lot of movies that work on multiple levels. Yeah. Because you can kind of focus on different things each time you watch it. It's almost like watching a a new movie. Yeah, if you've only seen it once, I recommend watching it again because you're going to pick up a lot of stuff that you missed uh, the first time. Mm -hmm. Or that you may have seen the first time, but you didn't realize how much foreshadowing they do. Uh, towards the beginning of the f- and really throughout the film yeah and I'm sure you can find little things here or there that we haven't mentioned oh definitely so yeah uh, we'll be back next week I think with uh, Mad Max 2 aka the Road Warrior that's right for Mel it's the M Sam the final Summer of Sam film uh, please reach out to us. You can email us at watchthismovie at yahoo.com. Follow us on Twitter at watchthis underscore movie or Brett at positivelywolf1. Uh, you can check out our website at wtmwatchthismovie.com. And please rate, review, subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and many other podcast apps. We will check you later. All right, check you later. Bye. Wait, man, why are you always such a dork, man? What are you talking about? Check you later. Check you later. (laughs) Hey, man, you're off my case.